it's really amazing to see how much ahead of his curve Rabbi Nachman was when he's talking here so much about the balance of eating, right? And and it's really amazing to see that in, in today's world where there's, after the Industrial Revolution and there's so much food surplus and the market revolution, so obviously, um, um, we we live in such a world where where food is such a is, is such a struggle. In Rabbi Nachman's time, there wasn't food surplus. People were, were were starving. People literally ate a loaf of bread from one day to another. So to to to, to foresee such a life, or to understand that the greatness of, of of the the Hebrew language is being revived, as we said in, in Rabbi Nachman's time, it wasn't so revived. There were all, all the songs and all the uh, the plays that were written in Hebrew were were were, were tummy. Today today uh, um, um, things things have, have a lot of ch- changed a lot. And I mean, obviously Rabbi Nachman's life. Um, Rabbi Nachman's perception, one one is related to the other, without a doubt. But it's amazing to see um, that Rabbi Nachman understands that this balance of food is going to be so great. Now, Rabbi Nachman saw the, the the baby, the sprouting of the Industrial Revolution, and obviously he could foresee where it's going. He could see the Ma'alach Eloki, he could see the godliness uh, 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 plan unfolding in front of his eyes, understanding this is going to be a great challenge, and understanding that the reviving of the of the Hebrew language brings back food surplus, which is something that existed um, um, in the time of the Temple, as we know. There was so much food and grain stored away that the that the Romans couldn't couldn't besiege the city. Um, only only because uh, the, the 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 zealots burnt all the food. Um, th- then then they had to kind of uh, um, um, the wall broke right. But but at the end of the day, there there, there was no there was no uh, there was so much food surplus. So we see that Elashin Akaidish and food surplus has a strong connection, right? Um, um, and, and 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 it's and it's a great idea. Right, so so Reb Nachman here is telling us that a person who who can really um, uh, have a balance between 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 food um, and and everything he's doing in his life can really enjoy food. Meaning, right? It's oh, you can only really enjoy food when you have a healthy balance. And I'm not going to tell us that at the end of the day, there's a goal to enjoy food. There is a goal to enjoy this world. We know that the Nazir who who makes a vow that he won't drink wine. Um, Etc. has to bring a korban because God created this in this world. It's for you to to uh, to to enjoy. Now, right at this moment in life, you can't uh, uh, have a healthy balance, and therefore you need to take a vow. But that's not the the main goal. The main goal is to have a healthy balance without without taking vows, but just to really reach a level where you can have this. Now, Rabbi Nachman says, when you understand that what you put in your mouth affects what comes out of your mouth, and that your connection to Torah and mitzvot. Is going to be affected by you. Are you going to act like a human being where your head and your heart is above your stomach, or are you going to act like an animal where your head and heart and stomach are all on the same level, right? Um, so Rabbi Nachman is telling us that there's a very strong connection, and it's not only that connection between food and the way you eat and for what you eat that affects. Are you going to act? Are you eating like an animal, and therefore your knowledge and and and, and perception of the world is going to be like an animal, or are you going to eat like a human, and therefore you're going to change your life? But not only that, but to understand the fact that. Food or everything in this world, but has has a total effect of the letters. Meaning, at the end of the day, God created the world. God created the world in speech, right? It's very big now. The Sarah Dibros, the Sarah Maimaros, the Ten Makos. Because Baruch is showing us that, that the Ten Maimaros, the God created the world, uh, 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 could be easily uh, destroyed um, uh, with the Ten Plagues just by the, God saying, and there there will be the blood will turn into water will turn into blood. And here's the, the laws of nature that all of a sudden, you know, as uh, as Spinoza, who really uh, was the biggest heretic, said, you know, God. God is nature, thinking limiting God to being 
nature and God can't do things out of nature. The, the Bible comes and shows the opposite. No, God is nature and so much more. God can do so much beyond nature and this is exactly what God is trying to show Paro. Paro believes that there is God, there is nature, there is powers, but he doesn't believe that there's that God can control, can be can be beyond the power. He believes, oh, God created nature and therefore God is now bound by nature. No, God is beyond and we see that God created the world in 10, in ten saints. God created the world in speech and, and Scipio Tzirah starts out by telling us that God created the world in 22 letters and we see the 22 letters that God created the world with um, to be ever unfolding, right? There's 10 sayings um, um, that God created the world and those are, that's the, 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 the numerical, that's the quantitative and the qualitative is the 22 letters um, and that is all the first Mishnah in, in, in Sefi Yetzirah and what really, what really is, is, is being unfolded in front of our eyes is that everything that is, exists in the world um, is really just letters, really just like a line of code, like we explained. And this is something that's developed in Kabbalah. But we see the only thing that one of the makes is a Kabbalistic idea. Hopefully, it's not over our head too much. But the letters and the olive base can be can be written out. Uh, not every language has this, and it's very important that in Hebrew we have this. That Aleph can be written as an Aleph or Aleph Lamed Pei that spells out Aleph, and Bet can be written as Bet or Bet Yutuf, which spells out Bet. Now Aleph can be spelled out, we said Aleph or Aleph Lamed Pei. But also Aleph Lamed Pei can be written out Aleph Lamed Pei, or it can be written out Aleph Lamed Pei, which is the Aleph, Lamed Mem Dalud, which is a Lamed, and Pei, Aleph or Pei Hey, which is the Pei. And again, that Lamed can be spelled out Lamed, or it can be spelled out, you know, um, Lamed Mem Dalud, and the Lamed Mem Dalud can be spelled out Lamed Mem Dalud and Mem Mem and Dalud Lamed Tuf. Right. Um, so at the end of the day, we see that there's there's a forever extrapolating code, and those words of God are forever unfolding. So Yehi Or, which was spelled out Yud Hey Yud, and Aleph Vav Reish could be spelled out Yud Vav Dalid, right? Hey Aleph Yud Vav Dalid, Aleph uh, Lamid Pei Vav Vav, and Reish Yud Shin, right? And that could be again, and that is forever expanding. That's what Kabbalah explains that God's word is forever expanding. At the end of the day, when I eat a loaf of bread, I'm just eating a, 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 a God's word being expanded. Now, if I can connect to those words. I can really connect to the Kabbalistic idea and I can really bring forth the understanding of what it really means to eat the Word of God. To eat mamish Hashem Yisadeinu, right? This is God's table. So at the end of the day, Mitzion Yisadeka, if we are connected to real eating, and eating not only what we eat, but what for what we eat and how we eat, and that affects everything in our lives. And this is a focus in Rabbi Nachman right now.